Welcome to RV Out West. I'm your host, Brooks. My family of four's base camp is located in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, and our RV adventures radiate out from there. Please grab a mug of coffee and join us as we discuss RVing around the American West. From sweet camping spots, gear and equipment, to tips and tricks, we've got you covered. We are RV Out West. Our friends Tim and Rahana took their family on a cross-country American road trip in the summer of 2021. Driving over 17,000 miles from Seattle, Washington to Florida and back. Today we started two-part mini-series as they share with us how they prepared for this trip, the route that they took, and the cool spots they visited along the way. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so first off, let's start a little bit. You guys are, you guys have relocated to Washington State. So kind of tell me a bit about where you're from, the journey that brought you here, and your little bit of your backstory. Originally, we're from, uh, came up from Florida, but we're not from Florida. I'm from Missouri. She's from Ireland, but uh, we lived in Florida for 30, 35 years. And uh, we kind of got tired of that environment, and we were looking for something else. And we uh, used to travel a lot to Ireland, and we like to move to Ireland. And then once we came to uh, Pacific Northwest uh, for vacation, we fell in love with this area because it's very similar to the climate of Ireland. And the people were really nice and friendly, much better than uh, that of South Florida. Yeah, we love this area. We came up for our fifth anniversary. We came into Seattle, spent a few days, and then drove up to Vancouver, British Columbia, skied for the first time up in Vancouver, and then uh, up into Whistler area, and just always dreamed about it. And when we had the opportunity to relocate for work, uh, Colorado was on the list, uh, Denver area, and then all of a sudden Seattle popped up. And so we went for it. And in five weeks, we sold our house, car, packed up the U-Haul, and trucked it across the country. Um, well, I shouldn't say we. You did it, not me. <laughs> so how many times have you guys driven then coast to coast? Well, well this is our first trip for me going okay. coast to coast. Tim's done it before. So when I got the moving truck to move up here, that was my first time driving across the country. And so uh, I had that experience. That was it. So then you had your move out and then just what you guys did this last summer. Yeah. That's it. This was my first time doing a road trip. As a family, we never did road trips like the, growing up. I think the furthest that we ever went was North Florida. Um, you know, we traveled internationally, but we never did road trips. So I had no idea what we were in store for. And it was kind of crazy. You know, we got our travel trailer and Tim can speak to that. He knows all the specifics, but just earlier this year. Yeah. And then we were sitting around and thinking, hey, why don't we travel to Florida? It would be safe. We didn't want to fly with COVID. You know, we had plans to go to Ireland uh, in 2020 and that was canceled uh, due to COVID. And we figured, well, what could we do this summer? That was fun. Uh, since we weren't going back to Ireland this summer either, uh, we just said, let's do it. And I thought it, she was nuts because we had only uh, <laughs> taken like our first trip just to see how that went. Yeah. And then maybe I think we did it another weekend. And I thought maybe that's all we would do all summer is just hit a bunch of local <laughs> campgrounds. And she got this great idea to go to Florida. I'm like, okay. So it was her idea. <laughs> it was yeah, her it was idea. actually my idea. <laughs> up until this point, we had only camped, I think, twice in the camper. Okay. After we picked it up at, you know, that local park kayak yeah. point, which is only, 
you know, short distance for us. And yeah. that's it. We had no experience prior to this. And so we just went for it. We Good said, for let's you. do this. Good for you. So in your planning stage is fine. So you guys went ahead and decided we're going to do this. Kind of how did you guys start your planning process as far as, you know, just... Well, we had had a lot of dreams and a lot of conversations talking about things that we'd like to do if we ever got a camper. And then that reality, you know, came around and now we started looking into it even more. Like, where would you like to go? I don't know. Where would you like to go? That kind of thing. And, you know, we had some major things that one day we'd like to go to Moab. One day we'd like to go to Yellowstone. You know, that, that type of thing. Well, we planned very loosely. I was really busy at the time because in 2020, I was working full time at a new position. I was homeschooling the kids. And so I have to say I didn't have much involvement with the purchase of our camper. You know, Tim and and you, the two of you kind of picked them out together. Um, And I showed up for the, the walkthrough and we finally got it. And even in terms of prepping for this trip... Tim did most of it in the evenings while I was dealing with homeschool stuff at night. He was watching YouTube, you know, round the clock, figuring out things on the camper, looking at campsites. So I kind of put together a very loose itinerary saying, all right, well, we'll be, you know, in Oregon on this day. We'll do a few days in Idaho. And we sort of started developing our itinerary based on booking places And unfortunately, we were really late in the game in terms of bookings. We didn't realize in the camper life how far ahead people book. So for us to start planning in March of 2020 for the summer was really late in the game. A lot of places were booked up. Uh, We had no luck with getting any kind of spots in the national parks. And because of it, we ended up staying like an hour away from some of the national parks, which which was a little bit of a trek. Had we had the foresight and the timing to plan it, we could have had better use of our time and less time, you know, commuting back and forth. But we made it work. I think just knowing major spots that we wanted to hit. Yeah. And then that was that was the first step. Okay, we know we want to hit like. Moab, but what's between Moab and our house? Okay, we could stop at Bonneville Salt Flats. Okay, now we know that we got to go through the, the, you know, Utah. And then we know that we're going to go through Oregon. Anything we want to see in Oregon. And mm-hmm. we found the, the Oregon Trail. We, so and, you know, just kind of drilled, just drilling yeah, down, just drilling totally. down. Okay. And some places we found along the way. I mean, we really loosely planned. We knew what where we were stopping for the night. And then sometimes while we were driving, I was just checking on my phone, like, what's in this county or what's around here? And that is literally how we planned our trip. Like when we were in Albuquerque, for instance, we found a Sandia aerial, that Sandia Parkway aerial tram. I had no idea that was in Albuquerque. But as we were approaching, I was like, oh, this looks cool. And I bought tickets on our phone. That's you right. Know, and, that's- and I... And I made sure we didn't drive more than four or five hundred uh, miles a day. Like I, I wanted to be done by four o'clock. So, so were you doing six hour days then? About ish. Yes. So there was a handful of days that there weren't any activities or there weren't any good campsites. So I maybe we would stretch that day out to maybe six or seven hours. Gotcha. And sometimes, too, we try to coordinate our days where if we knew it was going to be a lot of driving, we would stop in a particular city and do something fun for a few hours to break it up. But then some of those days turned into like nine o'clock. We were rolling into campsites. I think about when we went into Oklahoma City. Uh, We had so much um, 
there was so much interest in all of our parts at the the memorial that was there. I could have spent all day yeah. going through it, but we had to actually kind of cut it short. And by the time we, we were on a in, tight schedule, yeah, by the time we rolled in that night to the campsite, it was late, but it was worth it. I'm glad we. Yeah, took that memorial time. is incredible. It is it's phenomenal. Incredible. And I didn't, you know, we have two boys that at the time were 10 and 11. I wasn't sure how they would appreciate that memorial, but they took so much interest into it which was really terrific yeah um and part of just going back to your question on planning part of uh our planning and this is kind of on the fly too is we would listen to podcasts leading up to where we went so we actually had a five-part podcast that we listened to about the oklahoma city bombing okay leading up to arriving into oklahoma city i think the day before and the day of we were listening to it so the kids had some background Fresh knowledge yes. yeah that's and great it really made such an impact going through the memorial and walking through the grounds and looking at the reflection pool and then when we went into the museum itself which was super amazing and interactive and i wasn't sure how it would you know be taken by my 10 and 11 year old at the time but it was made in such a way that all age groups could really appreciate the information and absorb the material it, it was really it was terrific that's great so also in other parts of the planning did you like how did you do food like how did you handle groceries and laundry and just kind of those you know well actually let me back up really quick how long were you guys on the road for we left june 4th fourth and i think we arrived it was 16 days. Was it 16 days 16 days yeah. to get across country you guys yeah. took 16 days okay yeah. well can i say that we originally wanted to work on the road uh, the, not take as take as little vacation as possible but at the last minute we decided not to and just focus on having a good adventure and then work when we got to florida so once we were making that trek we yeah. found out internet was not a thing yeah, I took that for granted. I really did. I just assumed I would have internet service everywhere, and you don't. And so, it's, yeah, I'm glad it, we didn't make that commitment. It was 16 days. That would have been stressful. It, it was, would have been. So, but, you know, to get back to your original question of planning, uh, we really uh, wanted to try and not eat out. I mean, right. we wanted to eat some local food and stuff like that, but our main intention was to utilize the camper as much as we can. Right. And stay and, stay indoors, stay away from crowds and other people. Right. That was but, one of the reasons of getting the camper was But to, so then how did you handle getting groceries then? So in terms of food planning, I think I packed way too much food when we left. In okay. retrospect, and this would be one of my tips to share, just buy food along the way. Um, before we left, I had done some like crock pot meals and like Ziploc bags to put them in the freezer. Um, we did quick meals like spaghetti. I know the first night was our, our leading out of our trip was kind of a bit of a disaster the first day. And we rolled into our campsite. I think it was like 10 o'clock at night and the kids had macaroni for dinner, which they were very amused at. Um, so, you know, we just went with the flow. Uh, we stopped when we were hungry. Sometimes we would pull over and find a park or you know, I know when we were at the Bonneville Salt Flats, we just opened up our slide and had lunch there. And, yeah, great. Awesome. You know, so, yeah, okay. yeah, it was just terrific. Kind of, but great. we definitely packed too much food. I would say pack some and then do like a grocery up. shop along Absolutely. the way. Yeah. We, yeah. we we did a lot of uh, Walmart. Like we yeah. pulled into Walmarts. And, and did uh, the click list. And yeah. Just because there's a Walmart everywhere you go. Yeah. Like that's consistently there. Um, in terms of packing for clothes, 
I wasn't sure what to pack because I heard that it was cold in the Dakotas. So I had to pack, I felt like, for a lot of seasons. I was determined not to have to do laundry on the road because I didn't want to be stuck at a laundromat waiting for clothes to dry. So I literally packed two weeks of clothes for all of us. And then I also packed warm clothes. We never touched the warm clothes except maybe a sweatshirt once or twice going through like South Dakota. Um, occasionally I had to like wring some stuff out and hang it up, you know, in the camper shower. Um, but for the most part, when we rolled into Florida, I think we had like six bags of laundry. We had a lot of laundry rolling into Florida, but you know, it's like your college days. You come on to totally. see your family and you're like, Hey, by the way, you know, how inside the camper, you can lift the seats up and yep. store food. We had like bags of, of dirty, dirty clothes. clothes, like, and it didn't smell in the camper or anything. It was just, I'm not doing laundry on vacation. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it worked out. Was there any prep that you did for your trailer, Tim, to get your trailer and or your tow vehicle prepped for a distance yeah, of this magnitude? Getting the camper and also planning for camping and like in long distances, a lot of the, the research that I did led me to one of the first things was get a uh, surge protector. And I ended up getting... Uh, and I did a lot of research on those. That led me to getting a hardwired, inline, uh, what was it, progressive industry uh, surge protector. And that, that thing was great. And then uh, also I was hearing a lot of news about tire exploding and ripping your camper apart and whenever they shred and you know having a blowout and an accident. So I got tire pressure monitoring system. Um, that helped me maintain the correct tire pressure along the way. And also I could tell the temperature of the tires. If I noticed they were getting too hot, we could pull over and rest. Or if they were getting too low, I got a, a, a portable air compressors that I could blow the tires up if I needed to. There was a lot of little airbags things. Airbags? Oh, yeah. I got airbags on the truck so I could, you know, level it, level it off and bring it back up to where... I, I, it only lost two inches, but the airbags helped bring that back up. And... Uh, I think I was very. I went to Catskills to measure like how how much I weighed because I had no idea. I did want to overdo it. I totally overdid it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we overpacked too. I think there's a I lot mean, of things we wouldn't pack next time. We got a we got a rack for our kayaks, and I brought four kayaks, and we used them twice because every state had rules and regulations on getting them licensed, getting them certified, they had to get inspected. There was all this stuff, and it was like, eh, we'll rent them or not even use them. I don't think I would bring kayaks again after. We'll rent them. Yeah, this experience. Glad we didn't bring bikes because you could rent those everywhere too. Yep. Scooters are easier. You can fold those up and throw them in the truck. Yeah. Generator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That was another one. I bought generators thinking I was going to use them everywhere. Then we got to uh, uh, Badlands, and... uh, Thought about, well, hell, if we're running the generators, we're not going to get any wildlife. So I stopped using the generators. But I'm glad I had them. Well, now I very much would like to dig into the road trip itself and talk a bit about uh, what you did see. And did you take 16 days both ways, coming and going? Yeah. Okay, so you did 16 days on the road both ways. So kind of why don't you give me a little bit of your route overview highlight real quick just like hey we left out of seattle and kind of this was our route and then yeah if there's some highlights that you want to share that were memorable and pretty beautiful and whatever i'd love to hear it 
So I had to write it down before this interview because I couldn't remember how many states we actually had made it through. Oh, yeah, total miles. So what was your total mileage? I don't even know what the total mileage. I just no know idea. it was 18 states. And okay. some of those states we hit up multiple times. Like I know Tennessee, Idaho, we seem to come in and out of a couple different. Uh, so when we left, I had, I had a fairly new truck. And because of COVID, we really didn't go many places except for local campsites so when we left my truck had around 8,000 miles on it and when the truck was done two months later that's 16 days to florida just hanging out in florida for a month and then 16 days back uh, when i came back i had 25,000 miles okay okay so about good 17,000 ish miles yeah easily okay yeah. cool but yeah tell me about your route so we left Friday, I think it was June 4th, it was a Friday, and we had a rough start, because I had gotten sick the, you know, the week of, and I was behind in prepping for everything, I was behind in work trying to get out the door, so it was literally a situation where we were just throwing things in the camper, I'm like, just throw it in, just we'll throw we'll it in, we'll figure it out when, we get, it out when we get yep. stopped, we'll pack it away, just get it in, just get it in, you know, let's get, it. and I think we ended up, we were shooting to get on the road at noon, and I think it was three by the time we left, so we were really kind of behind, we rolled into Pendleton, Oregon campground, mm -hmm. and it was a beautiful drive going through Washington, I had never gone too far east or south, and so there were areas that I had never seen before. Um, seeing all the wind turbines, that was my first time kind of going Silicon through Washington. House. That was beautiful. Um, and then we stopped there for the night. Did you like that campground? Because I did. So I, I, did, I didn't know what to expect with KOAs because it was our first time. And it was just a basic, regular KOA. There wasn't a lot going on there. But it there. was nice. But it was nice. And uh, if you're going to just drive through from area to area, KOA is the way to go and just... Boom, stop there, hook up. I mean, if the spot would have been bigger, I wouldn't have even took, you know, unhooked. I would have just kept it going because literally we got up, ate breakfast, fed the dog, walked the dog, and left. There was no reason to stay. Yeah, <laughs> just it was just, a, was just passing through. And there's yeah. three different levels of KOA. There's, what is it, Journey, Holiday. And Resort. And Resort, right? Yeah. So we kind of stayed at all three. So when we were in Oregon, we stopped at that Lewis and Clark Interpretive Trail, which was mm. really cool. And that was, again, an unplanned, unexpected find, which was terrific. Yeah. Uh, but it was closed, the actual museum part itself. However, there was rangers out there, and they had a bunch of wagons, and they kind of were still giving tours and talking about life during that time. So that was actually very neat. Um, as I mentioned before, we were homeschooling the kids, so a big component of this trip was reinforcing things that they had learned education-wise to make it real and come to life. So that was one of those moments where things that they learned about on the Oregon Trail, they got to see uh, yeah. an experience. We drove through the Blue Mountains. That was really, really nice. Uh, and then from there, we headed over to Idaho, Twin Falls. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember the name of the campground. That wasn't Thousand a Thousand Springs. Was it Thousand Springs? Yeah, and it, it too was like... Uh, like no real frills, but it was on the Snake River. So we yeah. stayed literally on the Snake River That's for that. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that was terrific. Idaho Falls was a little bit of a gem. I wasn't expecting 
uh, I had no expectations, I guess, of Idaho Falls. And then when we got there, there were so many cool things to do. Uh, we went kayaking on the Snake River, and then there's the Perrin, I think it's the Perrin or Perrin Bridge, and people base jump from there. So we just hung out in our kayak and we're watching Watch people, people jump. jumping off the bridge, which was really cool. And the kids had a blast. Did it give the kids any ideas? I'm sure it did, yeah. <laughs> there's one of your children in mind I have who's probably... Yeah. I want to do that. <laughs> My little adventure. Yeah. Yep. So we had a good time there. Um, we were following some Instagrammers that had gone to this area. So we had gotten a lot of really good tips on places to go. There's a waterfall that's like right local in the center of town. And you just, there's not even a parking lot. You just pull off onto the side of the road. And it's how many, like 200, 300 feet away? And you can walk behind the waterfalls. Oh, and yeah, it was, that really, was really cool. cool. Oh, that's pretty and neat. And it was yeah. really neat. And it had a beautiful view of the city. I just really liked Twin Falls. It was really, or yeah, it was just, that's what, yeah, Twin Falls. Sorry, I was going to uh -huh. say Idaho Falls. It was just really beautiful there. It was unexpected. Um, cool. There was some other cool places that, there was an overlook. Remember the camper that went off the bridge? Yes. Oh, right. That, it was I right remember there. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that Devil's story. Devil's Washbowl Outlook. That's what it was. And so it, you drove over that bridge. Oh, yeah. yeah. We drove over it. Yeah. yeah, we did. And you didn't end up in the same situation. Thank, so that's good. Thank goodness. <laughs> no, but there's a path you can walk off, you know, and just kind of overlook the gorge that's there. Yeah, and, and, and that's cool. amazing because yeah. in a position that that is, it's just in this like completely flat area. And there's all of these cracks in the earth. And, you know, you don't really think much of it. But when you go over that bridge, which looks like it's just going over a tiny stream, it's really like a 200-foot drop. Yeah. And that's where Absolutely that truck was beautiful. hanging over. Yeah, yeah, that was, I was terrified when I saw that picture. And then another thing that we did there that we had no idea about until we started planning was Shoshone Falls, which is considered the Niagara Falls of the West. Okay. okay. And that was absolutely stunning. Uh, we had a good time checking that out, you know, getting ice cream, walking through the park. It was, it's nice. I would absolutely recommend Twin Falls at any point. Lots to do there. Really okay. fun. But that was the first time we found out about no internet. Oh, right. There was nothing. We had no, no internet. Did you guys, speaking days. of the internet, did you guys bring a hotspot with did. you besides just using your phones? Did you have we a dedicated so, hotspot? Um, we had uh, Xfinity y, uh, phones, but then... That's really uh, Verizon. So I wanted to get something that was on a different network completely. So in case we didn't have one, we could have the other. And so we got a T-Mobile hotspot. But it really didn't matter. All the way across the country, if this one didn't work, neither did the other. So uh, we, there was even times where we found ourselves using the Wi-Fi, our, our Google Maps, to get somewhere. And we lost internet and had no idea. And the map didn't tell us. And the map just kept going like it was if we were driving. And we would pass things. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I would rely on a real uh, navigation system if I were going to do this again. As we conclude the two-part miniseries in two weeks, we will cover their trip from Utah to Florida as we discuss the stops they took along the way. It's time for our pit stop. And in today's pit stop, I want to share about the most influential road novels that have impacted me over the years and are more than likely responsible for feeding my addiction to go and see what's beyond the horizon. In no particular order, let's start. Number one, Travels with Charlie by John Steinbeck. It really should be no wonder about why I love this book so much. 
If the first three pages of this book haven't gripped you, then I don't know what else to say. Steinbeck does an incredible job of really explaining the internal metronome of Wanderlust. Plus a man traveling with his dog, and the way he personifies his camper, Rasanate, which he named after Don Quixote's horse. This is a great book that celebrates what Americana is all about. Number 2. On the Road by Jack Kerouac What 20-something has not been influenced by this book? The beats, the poetry, the damn the man attitude, the whiskey, it all just speaks to a generation of travelers who are searching for the answers as they begin to realize what adulthood really may mean and rally against it. The freedom of adventure, the freedom of being unchained by schedules, and to just be moving is what I find so inspiring. Number three, A Walk Across America by Peter Jenkins. Written in the 70s and shortly after graduating from university, Peter Jenkins and his dog walk from Maine down to Louisiana, and this travelogue shares stories of his adventures. But what I like most about it is that he shares about the people he meets along the way. These tales show how we are all bound together, and that the struggles and the happiness that we all have are all more similar than we are different. Number four, Into the Wild by John Krakauer. I've read and reread this book, I think, five times. No matter what side of the fence you're on, if you think Chris was foolish and unprepared, or if he was a modern-day folk hero, this nonfiction book weaves an incredible story of a man looking for answers for his own truths. Before he died in Alaska, he had crisscrossed across this country in some wonderful adventures, and his open, transparent, and honesty show that he was a deep thinker and that he was on a quest for his answers. There are a couple of honorable mentions that I wanted to make. Hell's Angels by Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, this is one of those first books that... Um, really begin to define gonzo journalism. It was one of his first books where he started interjecting himself into the narrative as he rode with the Hell's Angels. The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test by Tom Wolfe as he um, travels along with the Merry Pranksters as they drive around America. And the reason that I added these two as honorable mentions, I serendipitously read On the Road, Hell's Angel, and then the Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. And what's fascinating, and I had no idea until after I had read these three books, because I read them back to back to back, and it just was a stroke of luck, but that there was a particular party in La Honda, California, where the Beats, the Hell's Angels, and the Merry Pranksters all get together to have a party. And each of these three books talk about that one weekend, 72 hours, from all of their different perspectives. And it was really fascinating and actually quite lucky for me to stumble upon that. So if you are looking for some summer reading, maybe a revisit of On the Road, Hell's Angels by Hunter S. Thompson, and The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. In our next episode in two weeks, we tune back into the second half of the Myers Great American Cross-Country Road Trip as they will further regale us with their route from Utah to Florida. They visit a bunch of gyms along the way, and you will not want to be left hanging. In the meantime, please be sure to share with your friends and family about this podcast and head over to Apple Podcasts and leave this show a rating and a review. If you've not yet subscribed to the show, please do so, so that way you'll never miss an episode. Now, get out there, explore, 
and go see what's beyond the horizon. Thanks so much for listening to RV Out West. Join us again in two weeks with our next episode. Please like and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you choose to get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And I sure would appreciate if you left a rating or a review of the show. Special thanks to Scott Holmes Music for providing the intro song, We Are One. RV Out West can be found on Instagram and Facebook where you can interact with us and follow along on our RV adventures around the Pacific Northwest. So get out there, explore, and go see what's beyond the horizon.